This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Chris Fetters of Dogman.com, and I'm here with Scott Eklund. We are... Post practice day thirteen. This is the final week I know. of spring football, Scott. And, and really I swear to la- God, it just started. And really, the fast, the last real practice, because yes. Thursday is going to be a walkthrough, basically. Yep. And then Saturday is the spring uh, spring preview. Yep. So, yeah, it's crazy. So it's it's literally so today was full pads, like you said. Thursday is going to be light, so we fully expect to just see. Light bulbs. There might the not be a lot to report that day. <laughs> it may not be anything. But, you know, we'll probably Other still do a podcast. Talking to the coaches. Yeah, we'll but, still do a podcast yeah. where we talk to the defensive players and coaches after practice today. We'll talk to the offensive players and coaches on Thursday. Still haven't gotten a full word on what the media availability is going to be like on Saturday. My guess is just going to be DeBoer. It probably. Maybe wrapping up spring or whatever. Yeah, so um, I'm assuming we'll probably be up in the press box because that's usually where we've done spring ball in the past. But again, some of that's still to be determined, I guess. Yep. Um, a little blustery today, not super not bad. bad. A little windy. Um, I think you remarked just in general, it feels like the coldest spring we've had in a while, even though the weather hasn't been really bad. The weather, we've had two days that we had to go inside. Yeah. And we had sprinkles, maybe a couple other days. It just was cold yeah. the whole time. And I mean, I and maybe it's because, and I'm not to- tooting my own horn here, but I've lost a little bit of weight, so maybe I'm feeling the cold a little bit more than I did before. Well, but, you're not exactly bundled up either. Uh, so. No, well, today I'm not. Today yeah. I'm not, but I had been. And so, um, but yeah, it it was, uh, it's just felt cold the whole time. Yeah, and so we, we did the practice, obviously, same kind of practice today, two hours, whatever, full pads, so I would imagine they might have done a little bit of scrimmaging. Since this again will be well, the probably officials the last, were here. I mean, yeah, be a waste. probably the last yeah. time they'll do it until Saturday. So I'm sure they got some some uh, live work in. Um, you know, we did actually get to see some 11 on 11 before we moved inside, but not um, real 11 on 11. Well, it's interesting. It wasn't full contact or tap. no, no, no. It wasn't, and, and and we've never really seen it. I think we've until. Well, even even with Saturday, they didn't have really any live scrimmage. It was that one day. Yeah, we of, just had the one day where we saw like five five plays, and that was just because they shoot us out maybe a later, little later than they were supposed yes, to. Yes, yeah. So, yeah. Um, not a lot to talk about in terms of people here. Jen Cohen was here. Yeah. You said you saw her on Saturday. I didn't. Yeah. I but saw today her talking. was the f- I saw her talking to some recruits, and, and it stuff, makes sense yeah. that she would have been and here coaches. on Saturday. Yeah. But today was the first time I'd seen her out there, and then you saw a, I think a twenty twenty five kid out there yeah. that looks pretty. Good on the hoof. Yeah, very good on the hoof, and it was productive as a freshman last year. Yeah. But uh, Tiandre Waverly from um, Kamiak High School, tight end, I guess, yeah, and and uh, and then uh, he, he plays at FSP. Yeah, so. I, saw, I saw him. I saw that uh, Nick Sheridan went over and was talking. I assume his yeah. parents were there, a coach, and yeah. so he was chatting him up during, uh, during the warm-ups yep. and what have you. So clearly but, uh, trying to make early inroads. But not any – 
I mean, that we saw, that, that was, was the it. only recruit that yeah. we really saw. I think they've really, I, I have no idea what they're going to do. I think do they're pushing everybody to Saturday. To Saturday, and if, it would make sense. If you're coming in this week, just try and come in Saturday. And they had a lot of people in this weekend. Yeah. You know, obviously they had the coaches clinic, so you had a lot of players hanging around with their coaches, a lot of recruits. You know, those those stories are coming out mm-hmm. as well. You talked to a couple guys that have actually just recently gotten offered. Yeah. Check out the front page of dogman.com for that. But generally speaking, yeah, uh, we're really starting to scrape the bottom of the barrel in terms of trying to figure out, mm-hmm. you know, what kinds of things are compelling now yeah. that we haven't already talked about two or three times at, at some well, point this spring. I have a compelling one that'll go up tomorrow, but we can kind of touch on it at some point. And no one had talked to Kevin Ryan yet. Right. And I talked to him today. So yeah. uh, really, you know, sometimes you get these... You know, if we had interviewed Race Porter, he was a great quote. He was a he was an easy guy to talk to. We knew him also from the high school days, and he had a lot of stuff going and, on off the had, field. Yeah, so um, he was easy to talk to. But you know, Peyton Henry's not the most talkative guy in the world. Some of the other kickers that they've had have not been the most talkative guys in the world. So they're not really necessarily the greatest interviews. Kevin Ryan is a good interview. Yep. I, I enjoyed talking to him. Really nice kid. Now. Maybe this won't be news to everybody because you acted like you already knew this. I didn't know he was on scholarship. I thought he was walked on, that he walked on here. I, I just um, assumed being a, a, a transfer. Well, I did too, but yeah. he was willing to walk on here. Yeah. But they had a scholarship for him, and so that's why he took that opportunity. I'm going to make a flip comment here. I think he got a half a scholarship for each leg. Maybe because he can kick you with either what? leg. And that's. I meant to ask him about being the ambidextrous thing, and I forgot to do that. So oh, I apologize to Scott. people. I No, I even had it on my list, and I forgot. So anyway, but uh, that'll be coming out tomorrow. Really nice kid, um, well-spoken, and had his reasons for being here. And um, also just talked about uh, some of the things that led to him deciding to transfer from Idaho State, where he was had a very successful career yep. to the University of Washington. And we'll talk in, in just a few minutes about some of the other players and coaches we talked to after practice today, but I want to jump back into the 11-on-11 stuff. Um, again, there were some guys that that really didn't participate. You know, we, Jordan Perryman was there, for instance, yeah. but didn't really do anything with the first or second team. Um, you know, I saw Henry Bainavalu working with the twos at right guard today. I saw MJ Ale or Ulamulu Ale working with the ones right yeah. off the bat. And uh, when they were, I don't know if they ran jumbo. They they. Well, they had Boyd Tanufi in there yeah. w- with him and Thule. Yeah. But when Tanufi was not in there, it was Ale. Yeah, and then Kualpe Hopa worked in there as well. So he they, was also with the twos. They're, yeah, and they're rotating. They're obviously rotating guys in. Saw Noah Ngalu with the twos the, today. The one that I noticed um, um, was uh, Dyson McCutcheon. He was running with the second And team. Davon Banks. And Davon Banks. Davon Banks, Banks and he was a guy that Chuck Morell... We talked to today, talked pretty highly yeah. about Davon Banks and the fact that they didn't expect to get as many turns with him this spring as they have. Um, and I, I assume that's because Perryman probably hasn't gotten well, he, those reps. Yeah, he and Elijah Jackson, he said EJ's uh, been dinged up as well. well, as well. So um, just that's the great thing. About, the, the one great thing about spring is you're not worried about getting them ready for a game. You're, you can get guys through, move them through, but guys who might be dinged up that you already kind of know what you have in them, yeah. you can let them sit and let younger guys get the reps. So now on the offensive line, these started to resemble more the two, the two deeps that we kind of saw at the beginning of camp. 
from left to right, you had Troy Fatanu, Nick Kalepo, Corey Luciano, Victor Kern, Mateo Mele. Yep, that's and then the twos was Julius Bulo, Guard Memelar, Garen Hatchett, and then Henry Bainavalli was with the twos, and then Roger Rosengarten. Yeah. So it looks that looks fairly up to date. Miles Morale, we noticed, has a brace on his left leg, left, that left knee, knee. Yeah. So didn't look like he was walking. I doubt. I don't freely. think he's a surgery guy. Don't know. It didn't yeah. look like that, but it could just be like an MCL sprain or a PCL or something like that. Yeah, I don't. So. I don't want to speculate no, on it. it. Just no speculation he, whatsoever. It just so. he had a knee brace on. He didn't look like he was walking super freely. But who knows if that's something that happened yeah. during? That could have happened Saturday, for all we know. Yeah. Um, Although I think he was out. He was one of could the have guys been, that could was have been. out. But so it may it may be it something might have been recent. On Friday. It, it may not it be an old injury. It may be something else. But again, no speculation in terms of what the severity is or anything like that. But he was just he was wearing a, a brace on his left knee. Um, you know, saw Penix I think right away at the beginning, mm-hmm. but then. We also got to see um, Morris throw with the ones, and we saw Sam Heward throw with the twos. I only saw one completion from Morris to Jalen Polk on the sideline. I yep. think that was about it. Mm-hmm. Other than that, the other was, ones were sacks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, and this yeah. goes to the idea that they, and the coaches have been talking about this, and and DeVore's talked about this. They they will be more aggressive, and I think generally speaking, the people at Fresno that we talked to said that they are going to be more high profile and more attack oriented. But they are willing to trade that to potentially give things up on the back end, mm-hmm. and so you may see that down the road. But right now, we're seeing a lot of aggressiveness up. They're really pressing hard up front. Yeah, they are definitely. And and uh, one of the sack. So the two sacks that I noticed, and I we put quotes around the sack. They are not tackling the quarterback. They're barely even touching him. But um, Cameron Bright was one of them, and Alfonso Tupatala were the was the other one that I noticed at least. And the Cameron Bright one, while it was still a good play on his part, that was completely made by Dominic Hampton, who came in on a delayed rush, blitz, whatever you want to call it, got blocked. But because of the way he was blocked, Morris had to flush out to the right, and Bright was right there for the sack. And I also saw another time where he got flushed out to the right, but he had, once he had eluded a certain running back, he had a lot. Yeah, but he also did another one where he could have scrambled for probably at least another 10 yards because okay. it was wide open in that flat area. And he once he eluded the guy that was coming after him. So, again, kind of hit and miss. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second team didn't do anything yeah. that I saw. The, the two running plays were completely bottled up. And then uh, Sam Hewitt ended up throwing away two or three passes as well. So. Yeah, and we're starting – this is actually interesting because – We've gotten to the final week of spring football, and we're starting to see maybe a little bit more depth on the, the running back group because Caleb Berry's now starting to run full go. Um, Sam Adams is around. Um, and then obviously he had you, the yellow he had yellow on, but you, had, you still, and then you have Aaron Dumas and JV on Sunday that have been doing their thing. Um, one thing I saw that was really interesting because typically you hear a lot of, to- a lot of talking and a lot of guys yelling and stuff. With the coaches, but it's usually really positive. They're trying to get them in the right place, but they're trying to like they're pushing guys along. They're doing this thing, but it's all done typically with some positive reinforcement. I saw one where Ryan Grubb was watching Caleb Berry run a route and caught the ball, and Grubb just erupted. He had one of those little bags with him, and he just tossed the bag down on the ground and just flipped out a little bit. To me, that's like the most negative reaction I've seen out of a coach, any of the coaches. So far this spring, and so they what, may what, have a, still have a little clap back to them if if you don't do something from right. From what you saw, what was it? I couldn't was tell. I think it was a wrong route. route. I think okay. it was a wrong route. 
um, or something or in maybe the drill. He the block. There was something maybe in the drill that he was supposed to do that he just maybe completely avoided or just spaced it. But yeah, Grub kind of. <laughs> Let him hear he it. kind of yeah he kind of undressed him a little bit, um, not bad, but just what it was. I noticed it out of the corner of my eye because it was such a reaction that just typically this spring you have not seen at all. Yeah, because typically like on off, especially the offensive guys, Jamarcus Shepard is the one that leads the way in terms of just being vocal. You hear him everywhere on the field, mm-hmm. all. But he's just he's just constant. But he's not yelling at guys. I mean, he's yelling at guys, but he's yelling at them to try to get something specifically mm-hmm. done. But he's doing positive. He's just trying to hammer on them. Do this, do this, do this. He's not getting on them, really, negatively. Mm-hmm. This, the, the reaction by Grubb was not, there was no ambiguity about that. He yeah. barely screwed he up somehow. And, and the funny part about it is it looked like the most innocuous little drill in the world. Like, I, what could he have possibly done wrong? But yeah. again, it, it, it goes to the details. These sometimes, guys are so hammered in on the yeah. details. Sometimes it's a depth thing yeah. uh, for a route. Because if you run at the wrong depth, that allows... The defender to come yeah. over and make a play. I, I definitely get the sense it was a route because he caught the ball. Yeah. It was he just kind of, and I don't know if it was. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know the de- the details of it, but I think it was the details that, that got grubbed, him, yeah. unglued. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, so again, you know, we're seeing the, the you know when we see him play trips, you see, you know, Giles Jackson in a slot. You see Roma Dunzi. You see Jalen Polk in a lot of turns. You know, Jalen McMillan is there, but he's not really doing anything. So it's. Who knows? He's kind of maybe in the Jordan Perryman group right now. They're just trying yeah. to treat him with kid gloves and and yeah. see if see if maybe they can do some things on Saturday. But we'll see. Yeah, I I have a feeling you're probably not going to see quite a few guys out there um, running around. The one thing that I will say is that I think I mean the sense I got from DeBoer when he was talking earlier. What was it? It was I don't think it was Friday. Maybe it was Friday where DeBoer was asked if they were going to have a full game, and he said, yeah, just with the numbers. Maybe it was two Fridays ago. Yeah. They're not going to be able to do it. But, um, yeah, I think eventually they'd like to get to the point where they could do that. The thing is, I thought with the amount of numbers that they have on the roster right now, because of the sixth year of eligibility for all those guys who are enrolled either. Who are here at 2020. Who are either, yeah, on the roster yeah. in 2020. Yeah. All those guys can can play another year and you know some of those guys might have been graduates by now so um that's why i'm i'm i thought there would be enough numbers because usually in the spring chris you've been doing this longer than i've been doing it, and i've been doing it 18 years and thanks for that by the way well, well not that much longer than me but still you just i didn't start doing it until i was in my 30s so but anyway um the uh some springs they only have like 50 scholarship guys right. on the roster That's because right. there might be 25 guys showing up. This is back in the day. Now you have so many guys enrolling early, you don't quite have that. But there were times before the early enrollment thing was like the thing, and there would be like 50 guys there's, on the field. There's no question that numbers are higher. Much higher and now. it's And it's a result of that as well as people enrolling yeah. early, mm-hmm. doing that kind of thing. The numbers are yeah. higher than they've ever been before. Yeah. That said... It still, it's still is incredibly difficult. Like, if you look at their middle linebacker group right now. Mm-hmm. Or the running backs. You're only looking at four or five guys, yeah. yes. But at least with running backs, you could have one guy there, one guy there, and, and just go and just yeah. animal. And, yeah. and yes, that, but the running backs is definitely a fine point and a big reason why they can't do it. But, like I said, the, the linebacker core right now is very difficult. And, and the defensive back group yeah. right now. I mean, 
Like Cam, Cameron Williams didn't yeah. really do anything in the two deeps that I no. saw. The Mikel Mc, Esteen. Yeah, he was Mc, in there. Yeah, Mikel Esteen was in there. So with uh, Irvin. And so, but does that mean he's out for Saturday? Does yeah. that mean they're just treating? Does that mean they just gave him a little bit of a break because mm-hmm. he was there? He absolutely was there. So again, it's so hard to to yeah. read into why certain guys are playing and other guys yeah. aren't. It's so all we can do is report what we saw, mm-hmm. but we can't necessarily. Come to a reasonable inference yeah. as to why. Or a context yeah. on why. So, yeah. Exactly. But, I mean, the thing is, you know, and people, you know, we're giving you what we see, and there's certain things that we can't talk about that we see. But, um, you know, I, from everything that I've seen in the 13 practices, it looks like they're getting a lot done. It looks like the players have really surprised the coaches with how quickly they pick some things up. That I mean, Ryan Grubb has said he really likes where they're at in a lot of places. Uh, uh, Chuck Morrell today said that the team was ahead of things. Yeah, I uh, thought that was defense. really telling. Yeah, and then you don't see a lot of coaches no. talking that way. He said, "I'm actually, we're actually further ahead than I thought we'd yeah. be." So, and he actually named guys yeah. when you asked specifically who were maybe more ahead than you thought they might be at coming yeah. into this thing. Yeah. So, and people don't need to listen to that. I, or not listen. Well. I'm not going to post a listenable thing, but I'll I'll post the. Quotes. I have some video of it. Yeah, and I'll but I'll post the quotes too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think I think people there's some I think there's some quiet confidence from this staff um, that they're they're excited about where this team is at right now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash/recommend today. Um, what's really going to be telling is Sunday. Sunday is going to be a big day for us. Well, yeah, go go explain yeah, that. So the Huskies spring game is on Saturday, and we could start seeing stuff leak out on Saturday. But Sunday, is well, I think we're going to see things leaking out well before that. You think? Okay. Yeah, well, I I think it'll be after the spring game. I think you could see it twenty minutes after the spring game, but. Basically, if a player wants to play football this fall, and if they want to play basketball, that obviously we're not talking about that right now, but the fall we and will. the winter sports, the portal guys have to be in the portal by the 1st of May. If they don't get in by the 1st of May, they are not playing this fall unless something, they have to go appeal to the NCAA, and you can see with Jackson Kirkland how long that is taking to figure out how if he's going to be eligible this fall. So uh, we still have no word on that. but yeah. So these guys need to put their names in. So we've said it before on the podcast, you and I, if they're going to transfer, they've been thinking about this this whole month, basically. This isn't a spur-of-the-moment thing. Yeah. I don't think this is a spur if, if not longer. Yeah, and I'm sure they're having meetings with coaches. I'm sure they're like, hey, where do I stand? And is this something that I'm going to – regret staying for or are, am I going to have the opportunity to play am I going to have the opportunity to start What? where Where does things stand um, we've heard of some big names who could be leaving I mean we don't know and the thing is guys could put their name in the portal but they're not sure they want to be in the portal but they know they have to do it by the first and then you have a conversation with the coaches after that 
I put my name in the portal just because I, I needed to make sure I had a spot. But I also want to talk to you. I want, I want to know, is this a place that I should stay? And I think people need to understand, especially in light of the Monday news with, with Emmett Matthews going into mm-hmm. the portal, with the idea that he could still withdraw his name at any time. Yep. The portal is not, it's not, it's not like, it's, it's not Hotel California, yeah. folks. It's, it's, it, you can come out anytime you want. Yeah. But that's set, because we saw it, we saw it again with Colson Yankoff and Jacob Sermon. When they both went in the portal, Yankoff went to UCLA and Sermon put his, withdrew his name back. like 24, yep. 48 hours after he did it. So these things are so fluid, but I think we just need to kind of seed the ground for fans to understand. Don't be surprised when you see names go in the portal. I understand the initial gut reaction is going to be like, man, that blows. Oh, why did he do that? That was dumb. Blah, blah. Everyone's going to have their gut reaction. I totally get it. People are going to vent. People are going to do it. But just remember the underlying mm-hmm. idea that because they put their name in the portal doesn't mean they're gone. Mm-hmm. It means they're thinking about going and, without and, a doubt. And it isn't. But, yeah, it isn't like Washington is ending their practice and then they have two weeks to decide. Right. They have to decide. And the again, next day. that's where they Washington needs. Washington needs to be one of the teams out there, and especially the West Coast teams or the Northern teams that usually typically have their springs later because of yeah. weather. This is ridiculous. How do you give people less than twenty-four hours to make a decision that could be as impactful as that? Mm-hmm. Now, granted, we're, we also, I don't want to double speak because we have been talking about this. this these decisions could be longer yeah. time in coming. Mm-hmm. But that said, you literally have less than 24 hours from your spring game to make that choice, like physically. Yeah. Like you have to literally put the information in. It doesn't make any sense because no. you're giving basically all the Southern teams at least weeks, if not a month or two, notice that they can do whatever they want because they're going to have all the time in the world, those kids down there, yeah. to make their minds up, and, and all the people up north or maybe in the northwest or wherever mm-hmm. because, you know, in, like even Oregon. Oregon's only doing their spring game a week ahead of Washington's. It was this last week. Yeah, so yeah. it's not like they're getting a hell of a lot more time, but if you go to USC, if you go to Arizona State, those guys have had spring football. They had it well before yeah. that. Yeah. Um, you know, that they get a distinct advantage. Yeah. I've heard up to ten guys. Yeah, could could put their name in, and then there's other people that are hearing more than that. There's other people that's not even going to be close to that. I, whatever. And it's already started. Case and Kitchens in the portal. Mecky pays in the portal. Those are two walk-ons. Those are, and the, yeah. well, they're both walk-on defensive backs. But again, when we say that these, you know, that it could be very very busy during spring game on this stuff, it's already starting to happen, and that's why I believe it, I wouldn't be surprised. Now, granted. The players themselves may not make it public via like their social networking and stuff. It would not surprise me if word leaks out on at least two or three players before spring game yeah. even happens. Yeah. Because there are going to be some names out there where I just don't think those the information on those particular players is going to be able to be kept secret. Yeah. I just don't see it happening. I just it, there's, it's either either they're too high profile or people just blab and the word gets out. You know what I mean? There's just too many too many different ways with social networking now for that not to be kept secret yeah, yeah. on all of them, mm-hmm. right? Maybe maybe a lot of them, but not definitely not, not all, all of them. them. So that will be something really really interesting to yeah. watch. Um, going back to some of the post practice stuff before we move to hoops because we will have a, a little bit of a discussion on the on the hoop stuff for sure. Um, you know, talk. You talked to Chuck Morrell. We talked a little bit about that. I thought yeah. he had some really good stuff on that. I wanted to talk. I, I wanted to talk to some vets. So I talked to Alex Cook. I talked to Braylon Trice, kind of to get their sense of how they're getting the impressions of the offensive guys they go mm-hmm. up against. 
because we've talked all spring to them about the defensive changes, and they've been pretty adamant. The changes are, are a lot more significant than, than maybe you think because you think, oh, they're playing a, base, a nickel-based defense, but they're, you know, instead of a true nickel, they're playing this husky position, so it's, you know, maybe the body types are a little different, yeah. but similarly, it's a it's a four-two-five type scheme, and so maybe how different could it reasonably be? Everyone we talked to has been like, there's been, it's way different. Yeah. It's like we get a lot more ownership of the position. We have a lot more, it's on our plates in terms of what we can and can't do. We have to really be on it, that kind of thing more aggressive, all that kind of stuff. But I wanted to get a sense of, like, you know, Braylon Trice, what's it been like going up against, like, the tackles? Mm-hmm. Or Alex Cook, what has it been like going up against the receivers? You know who the first person that Alex Cook talked about? You um, will never guess it. Oh, Nick Durant. Yes. Well, ah, I, just, I, gave it I got away. it. I gave it away. I gave it away when I said that. <laughs> I gave did. it away. But he's had a great camp. He, I told him. I said he had a great Saturday. He's like, he did, didn't he? He yeah. had a great Saturday. He And he, he had a long touchdown from Dylan Morris when we were inside that one day. Yeah. I mean, and so, so I, yeah. God, I shouldn't have given it away. Yeah, you would never have guessed. You I, have to be I honest. was going to say like Junior Alexander. Yeah, you would never like have guessed so. it if I had given it away. Yeah. So anyways, so I thought that yes. was kind of cool. And then you know, like Braylon Trice talked about mm-hmm. uh, Troy Fautanu, Roger Rosengarten as being guys that he thinks is really they've. It's not so much. See, new lease on life is a bad way to describe it. But they've been re-energized, refreshed. The culture change I think has really done them a. a uh, a lot of good, and then obviously with 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 Jackson Kirkland not being here yeah. yet, mm-hmm. that's given Faltano basically a whole spring to really have that left tackle position be his own. And you know, Trice tells me, you know, he's, he's like that guy's a player. He's a flat out player. Yeah, everyone loves him. Eighty three inch arms. Yeah, everyone loves him. So you know, that's that was interesting. Um, and then again, you kind of mentioned Kevin Ryan as a guy that you talk to, and you're going to have mm-hmm. some good stuff from him. Yeah. Anybody else that we spoke to? Um, I think. Jack got Demario King. Okay, yeah. Um, so we and we didn't. I, I didn't ask him what Demario uh, said, but um, so we got we got Demario King. We got Braylon Trice. We got Alex Cook. We got Chuck Morrell, and we got Kevin Ryan. So that's five good interviews right there. Yeah, and I there might be one other. I I have to go back and look and see. And I what think Jack Kevin said Ryan me. was the last transfer. I mean, Demario King was kind of a transfer because he was a JUCO kid, but Kevin Ryan's the last true transfer. That we hadn't talked to yet right. this spring, so yeah, yeah. Um, good to get his perspective. And like I said, you know these specialists get so overlooked. Part of it's overlooked because we can get a specialist anytime we want. We can get them either day. Yeah. They said, "Hey, the specialists are open whenever you want to talk to them," and no one asked. And so I was like, "Well, I want to talk to Kevin Ryan. I never talked to him during the recruiting process. In the right. you know, because he only had like a couple weeks yeah. where he was in it, and uh, yeah, so." Pay attention to it. He's a, he's a good kid, and I think you guys are going to be pleasantly surprised by what he had to say. Yeah, and he walks up to you, and he's like real friendly all the time. Oh, but he looks he's he, short. He looks like he looks like your chemistry partner. Yeah, he he, does he's got glasses, glasses and everything. He does. He looks. He's like the antithesis yeah. of a football. He player. took him off for the picture I took of him. That's so, good because we didn't have a picture of it, yeah. so I didn't want to post something else. Yeah. So and, and, and trust me, Kevin. I don't know if you're listening. Yeah. I, I, this is not a slide on you, dude. No. We're, we none of us look like football. But players. But he does not. I mean. G- I'm going way in the weeds here, but you remember Sean Tarantola, right? Yeah. And great football coach. Yeah. But I remember saying to you about one five time. About five feet tall. Yeah. And I said, if you lined up 100 coaches, yeah. he would be the last one you were picking as a successful head coach. I would say that there was a better chance of me ending up next to him at a Grateful Dead concert yeah. compared to on the sideline of a football high school football game. And he's successful. Oh, he's great. He no, was a Tertullus, successful phenomenal coach. High school yeah, coach. and so 
Um, and uh, we loved working with him. He was at Evergreen down in Burien. But I could say and, the same thing about uh, Coach Ross at Sumner, too. I mean, he's, he, with the hair and all No, that. but he's a wild man. No, I, but he, I get that. But see, the, but you could see him. I, I would just... I would assume I'd see him maybe on a, a season of Deadliest Catch as opposed yeah, to being on the true. sideline. But, but <laughs> you know. well, the problem for me is I played football with Keith sure. Ross, so yeah, I, know. I, you know, I know. But, but yeah, I mean, Sean Tarantola was just the most unassuming kid yes. you would ever think. You know what? Uh, another guy, Dave Miller, yeah. is another one who's very unassuming. The only reason I knew he's a head coach is because yeah. I met him yeah. and I knew he was a head coach. Yeah. But if I walked up to him. You would never think he was the head coach. But again, you know, t- to me, I see a lot of similarities between Coach Miller and Coach Pete. Yeah. Very understated. Yeah. Very, you know, there's just there's nothing well, that you would think on initial inspection that goes, oh yeah, that guy's that guy's like a Hall of Fame type. Well, coach. you remember Chris Strouser. Yeah. You would never think he was oh, yeah. a offensive line, line coach. coach, maybe a receivers coach. Well, and the same thing with uh, Mir- Coach Mirabal at yeah. Oregon, the offensive line coach. He's skinny. Him and Strasser yeah. are like. Same They're, size, yeah, same yeah. size, same guys. It's like you gotta be kidding me. Yeah. You're working with you're you're working with redwoods. How, and I know you never played that position. So, yeah, you know. oh, <laughs> it's crazy, absolutely nuts. <laughs> so. so getting off on the tangent there, but um, so we so we did all those interviews. That should be stuff that people should check out. Let's dump before we finish out. Yeah. Let's do catch up a little bit on the basketball news because that I, I should have probably prefaced it at the beginning. I apologize. Big news. What do you think people want to know first, recruiting or the transfer? What do you mean? What do you think people? What's the what's our lead for the basketball side of things here right now? Oh, it's always going to be people coming in okay. because I because I think to be honest with you, I think people are always more enamored with the shiny toy in the corner that they that they're oh that guy a old, new guy yeah new guy As, you know and then they they always want to know why guys laughed. Mm-hmm. And then if you explain it to them, sometimes they get it, sometimes it doesn't make sense. And in this particular case, Emmett Matthews, um, he hasn't announced anything, but it, we got it confirmed because we have our, our sources within 24-7 CBS and all that. They have their, their finger on the pulse of the portal um, for both football and basketball. They, were confir- they confirmed that Emmett Matthews, his name, is in the transfer portal. But he could be a person who decides to pull it back out. And all... And, and obviously, we made our our calls right after mm-hmm. we figured this out. And every call that we've made, and every person that we've talked to, it, it seems overwhelming that they think he's coming back. Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean in a matter of hours, days, weeks? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. No idea. Um, I think the biggest thing right now is just coming to grips with the idea of what led to the decision. Why, yeah. why did it happen? Yeah, and that's the hardest one because it, it there, there's not a lot of dots that we can connect here that make a lot of sense. We know that there was a bunch of credits that were supposed to come from West Virginia to Washington that did not transfer, so there may be a school related thing that he's got to think about, and that yeah. you know that may be that may be something that you know Washington just can't do or can't mm-hmm. handle. So that's one thing to think about. Although my opinion on that is. Is that if you had really factored in the school part of it, you would have wanted to make sure you were going to a place where you knew you were covered academically, instead of just coming home with the idea that your academics could be fifty-fifty. You know, but you've spent a whole year here. You've kind of invested in it, so that's where that doesn't make a ton of sense to me on the outside looking in. Um, but then also when you factor in. You know, you've, you still have a lot of news on the outside. You're, they're still waiting on all these big guys, um, whether you're talking about Fardaz, uh, AMAC, you're talking about Fre- Frank Kepnang, you're talking about Isaiah Cottrell, 
I think Control just took a visit to UNLV. Um, Fordaz is on a visit to Texas Tech, I believe, right now. Uh, Kepnang, they're waiting on a decision on him because he just took a visit. So we're trying to and figure we, out, and we feel good about where things stand with Kepnang. Yeah, they, they, I mean, they, obviously everything, you know, they, they just put out their presentation. Everything's nice and shiny and new. I'm sure he came away feeling great about it. Um, but until he literally comes out and says what he's doing, you know, there's nothing really to talk know. about. Yeah, and but if, we want we to try doing, to reach him. Yeah, if we were doing crystal, if somebody said you have to put in a crystal ball for Frank Kepnang, we're all probably putting it in for UW, but not a high high confidence level. Yeah, I think, you know, what What was the, we were talking about earlier with um, with Christian Pierce and yeah, Greg Biggins Greg putting Biggins. in a six. Yeah. So it's an educated guess. He feels good about it. It's a gut feel. He's been doing this a long time. So you put some stock yeah. into that. That's probably the same way we would feel about Kev Dang to Washington. We yeah. feel good about it. Educated guess. Makes sense for a number of reasons. But until, until it actually uh, happens. Yes, until it actually happens, you don't know. Yeah. And you always are all kind of on alert. Um, waiting for that to happen. So there's that going on, but now the thing with them and Matthews really kind of puts a wrinkle in it because you don't know, first of all, you don't know how long it's going to take for him to figure out whether he wants to go somewhere or whether he wants to come back. You've you got to wonder who's in his ear. Um, I I don't think his parents would be involved in this. It doesn't make sense they're on that to, end. They're from, they're from here. Tico- they're from yeah. here. Um, it's just, again, it's a very unusual Weird. situation, very fluid yeah. Um, so we have to figure I, I out what happens there. I think there was there. some outside influences that got him to do it. And again, educated guess, yeah. you'd have to think that there's something going on there. Someone's in his ear, someone's telling him something about something. Who knows? But because he's that would, a leader on this team. And that's the thing. He was not only going to be one of the bigger returners coming back, but he was expected to be one of those guys that was really going to step up. Yeah. You know, he averaged almost 12 points a game, <laughs> four and a half rebounds. Um, that's not very easily done in terms of trying to bring that back in, in, in production. You can't just... There's thousands of guys in the portal, but how many of those guys are going to be able to do that right from the jump on the, at that level? Uh-huh. It's not easy to do. It's not easy to find. So that's another piece of the puzzle. But if they can get some of these other pieces sorted out with the with their bigs, if they can get you know the stuff with Kepnang sorted out, if they can get Amac to come to Washington or Cottrell to come to Washington, if they can get some of these other pieces in place, maybe that starts to fill the picture out for Matthews, and he starts to maybe see things from a little different perspective, mm-hmm. yeah. and maybe that helps. Um, you know, it's just, again, very fluid, very unusual. Um, we try, we're trying to keep people on top of it as much as possible, but there's really only so much we can share. Um, a lot of it is stuff that's we hear it and we may believe it, but we can't substantiate it. We can't confirm it with another source. So those are the types of things we can't tell people. And we're not going to burn people yes. that, um, you know, if – if we know what is going to happen, right, we've got something ready to go. But we're going to let kids have their moment, absolutely, and do their. We've things. never, we've never changed that policy. We call him kid. I mean, he's what twenty one. Yeah, we've never changed that policy. Um, now, obviously, we didn't, we didn't wait for Emmett Matthews to make a deci- to make an announcement before declaring he's in the portal. Yeah, but we knew it was there, so we ran with that because we know we, we knew it. It was done. Uh-huh. So we can't we can't wait forever on guys. Well, so and if be, we know it, then other people know it. Well, so, sure. Yeah. I mean, it isn't like it's twenty four sevens portal, right? And we're the only ones. Everybody knows exactly who's in the portal. Exactly. So we'll wrap that up there. Unless there's another angle to this that you want to talk about? No, not really. I just I'm really getting bummed about kids being influenced when they're already on a team and already in in a place, and then outside influences are. 
But, well, I mean, that's always happened, I guess. But so here's, a, here's an interesting angle on this, though, and, and I think this is important to consider. I'm glad you brought this up. Right now, there's really no consequences for going into the portal. Yeah. Right? So if there's no consequences for going to the portal, it's like the one time when you can dip your toe in the water. Yeah. Like, if you, if you want to get an NBA, uh, mm-hmm. NBA draft grade or an NFL draft grade, you can put your name out there yeah. and you can withdraw it uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, before a certain time, and there's literally no penalty. The only penalty you might accrue would be, or might accrue would be maybe with your coaches and players yeah. if they get pissed off at you for you know why are you doing this? I don't understand. I thought you were with us. Why are why are you doing that? You, 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 why yeah. are you doing this lone wolf routine? Yeah. So you know, do do Emmett Matthews do his teammates think that he's just doing this lone wolf routine, or are they sitting there going, you know what? If I was in Emmett Matthews' shoes, I'd be doing the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a really important point to consider because right now, if there are no ramifications for a guy like Emmett Matthews going in the portal to maybe pursue an NIL opportunity or to pursue an opportunity that just came up literally yesterday because player X left such and such a situation and it's too good an opportunity to pass up and they want him, mm-hmm. who's going to say he's wrong? Yeah. The, my only issue with this particular situation with Matthews is I'm trying to figure out where he's going to find the eligibility. Yeah. Because he already used up his one freebie by coming from West Virginia to Washington. He would obviously have to petition mm-hmm. to get the final year because he already played four years. Or is, this would be his fifth year. Um, I, I don't know. There's yeah. a lot of pieces. There's a lot of moving parts to this yeah. picture. Yeah, I. It, it's just kind of a bummer, but yeah. you know, because I think he's a leader. I don't even even the twelve and four or four and a half, whatever it was. Yeah. I don't. It it wasn't necessarily that he was going to be a leader scoring wise, although that's helpful. I was more of the emotional leader of this team. Yeah. And because. Terrell Brown was the heart and soul of this team last year. Yeah. But Emmett, Emmett, I almost said Emmett Smith. Emmett, Emmett Matthews is was right there. Yep. And with his tough, tenacious defense that he likes to play, with his length, and with his, I think it's more, he has a more gregarious personality. I think he's a guy that could really benefit. This team, I think the Huskies could be good next year. Well, the thing is, he embodied kind of that hometown yeah. mentality yeah, as much as anybody, exactly. and he literally came the furthest to do it, coming from West Virginia. Yeah, coming back and doing it, and that's what made it all the more unusual, especially the timing of it, mm-hmm. because you know, the, I'm sure the coaches are telling those guys, "Look, we're rounding, we're we're, we're rounding the the horses yeah. up together. We're we're getting everyone together here. We're putting this thing together for a big run." And now all of a sudden this happens, mm-hmm. you know, on the surface, it doesn't look great. No, it doesn't. So. It doesn't, so. All right, so final, so final football thoughts before we wrap it up. <laughs> final football thoughts. Um, I mean, it's kind of what we've seen. It's it's uh, Groundhog Day, as Kim likes to call it. You know, where yeah. we see the same thing all the time. But, um, you know, uh, some good comments from Coach Morrell. Like hearing that the defense is ahead of itself, yeah. or where he thought it would be. Um, and uh, like hearing about... Um, Grub getting on guys for not running the right depth or whatever it is that he was upset about. I like hearing that they're really focused on the details of things. Yeah. And um, yeah, just t- Thursday's going to be kind of low key, but we're going to get to interview the, the offensive, guys. offensive guys. And uh, Saturday is going to be when you guys get the chance to see what we see all the time. And um, maybe you'll get to see it online, maybe you'll see it in the stadium. Hopefully, They'll have a good bunch because I've gotten several recruits texting me saying, hey, I'm going to be up there. Um, one guy was last night was Devin Bryan. He's a linebacker out of St. John Bosco. Yeah. Three star, high three-star guy. Uh, 
sounds like he ran a eight, so he's up to two hundred twenty pounds and ran an eleven one hundred meters. Wow. Um, so I mean that's flying at that size. So um, you know, lots of lots of things to consider about. If you guys have the chance to go to this game, it's a way for you to show recruits that the fan base is behind the team. Um, I know it's probably going to fall in deaf ears for most people because a lot of people have stuff going on on Saturdays, especially my kids. I've got T-ball, I've got Coach Pitch, got all the stuff that's going on, and I totally get it. But um, if you guys can figure out a way to be down here 11-1, to 1, you can show these, these recruits that are going to be on campus that Washington supports the football program. Yeah, no, I think it's great, and obviously um, I'll be very, very curious to see how much of the spring preview kind of resembles what we just saw on Saturday. In terms of, mm-hmm. will they still be doing filling in a lot of special teams work in practice, mm-hmm. or will they actually be running, you know, cover and return type scenarios? You know, will they actually do a kickoff scenario? Yeah. You know, these are all things that obviously, with a first year staff, we're very curious to find out exactly how much of how much of actual football will they try to run, even if they don't necessarily go full tackle live that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think will be very telling. I want to go back real quick to the mm-hmm. comments that that. Um, that, the, that Coach Morrell made, I'm kind of stunned. I was really kind of stunned when he said it because he did it in front of us. Mm-hmm. I, I, when's the last time you ever talked to a coach in spring who said that they were actually further ahead? Uh, I don't know if I've ever heard that. Yeah. I mean, it really was very kind of stunning. And, and, and maybe it's because he, had, he didn't know what to expect because yeah. he didn't know any of these guys. He didn't know what he had. Yeah. And now he's like, oh, they're further along than I thought they were going to be. I thought we'd be... Working on other things. And that always makes me wonder, are we talking about a staff here that's dealing with things at a low floor, low ceiling mm-hmm. scenario? Yeah. Or, or what, you know, if, they, if the expectations weren't great to start with, was that simply a way for them to kind of buffer things so they wouldn't be setting themselves up for potentially failure or mm-hmm. setting themselves up for a situation that they that maybe would alter their way of thinking i, I yeah. really don't know yeah but it really came across as so interesting to me yeah because again i i can't remember the last time a coach literally offered up the idea oh yeah we're actually doing better than i thought we would yeah because most coaches like especially peterson we peterson suck. Would, peter no they would never say that really but yeah. they would like peterson would always have the conundrum i'm so, I, I like both sides so if one side's doing well that means the other side's sucking and if yeah. they do well that means that side sucked and it's like you don't ever really hear you know like, but obviously Morell didn't say, "Yeah, I think we're way ahead," which means I think the offense is really kind of blowing right now. Yeah, you know, he didn't he didn't go that far, obviously, yeah. but it was really interesting to hear him kind of offer that. Yeah, not so much unsolicited, but he went a hell of a lot further with that answer than I. I fully expected, expected the pat answer of, "Well, yeah. there's a few things that we're doing good. There's yeah. a lot of things we're not. Still got three practices. Yeah, lots to be, clean yeah, up. Yeah, lots and, to clean up. Yeah. A lot of things. He never said that. Yeah, that was crazy to me. Yeah. All right, well, let's wrap it up because, um, you know, again, I think we really are kind of milking the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we're milking this thing for all it's worth. Yeah, trying squeezing to get to water out of a rock. We right are now, we yeah. are literally at the point two of the marathon. Yeah. We've gone the 26 miles. We're literally the point two. We're, yeah. we're, we can see the finish line in sight, and we're, we're on our knees. We're crawling towards the finish line. So we'll wrap it up now. I uh, really appreciate you guys for sticking around with us. Also, do want to remember, again, if you are not on our daily newsletter and our digest, get on it. Send a, an email to huskystadium at gmail.com. 
Again, huskystadium, one word, at gmail.com, subject line, newsletter. That's all you have to do. Send an email to us. We'll put you on the list, and we'll send you out our daily digest. Usually it's a once or twice a day. Sometimes with some breaking news, we'll do it more often, but it'll give you a rundown of all the top, uh, top stories that we've put out of the day. So definitely take care of that. Um, so we're done. That's so it. That's it. So for Scott Eklund, this is Chris Fetters of Dogman.com. Go dogs. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.